Thanks for joining us and supporting Vikido Fitness. We ask for your continued support by becoming an It's All About Health and Fitness premium member. Go to www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join. Again, that's www.vikidofitness.com forward slash join and register for a $6 monthly subscription. And remember, keep listening, sharing, and checking us out. The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about research articles and hot topics. Our topic today is What's New? Hot Topics number 48. Australia could almost eradicate HIV transmissions. Healthy living can cut odds for Alzheimer's in people at genetic risk. 10 findings that contradict medical wisdom. Doctors take note. All this and more on It's All About Health and Fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Haywood Doe, and with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. Vicki Doe, how are you? I am fine. Good. And you're fine too? I'm fine too. No worries. No worries. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yes. Well, that's good to know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. As the summer ensues, I was thinking today, and I hate to be a downer, Debbie Downer, but mm-hmm. in a month, some schools will already be back in I session. Know. It's July the 17th. Some schools start like August the 12th or something. Yes. Some colleges. Most, yeah. Most Am of them, I right? Yes. You're right. Because some of those schools get out in May. That's it. So yeah. they're starting early. Yeah. And then some of the regular city schools for the young folks, we have a few of them that are starting, which I thought was interesting, that are starting the last part of July. Yeah. Really? Yes. Wow. Some of the charter schools. Is that right? Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not mad at them because these kids need to read. <laughs> you know. You're right. I mean, they need. They ain't doing nothing. No. No. They need to read the, the STEM and the STEAM and all of that because it's about competing in this world. That's it. You know, it's about we're in a global a global situation where you got to pull up to the table with what everybody else has. And these, these tests and stuff like that, not that people should teach to the test, but, you know, they're no joke. But also just knowledge in and of itself. So I'm not mad at them. I know. Some of the schools are That's interesting. I had never heard of that. Yeah. Some of the schools are starting early. I know the teachers are probably not happy. Probably not. (laughs) And and we're getting busy because a lot of folks now are trying to really think about wellness initiatives. Okay. For the school. Good. Oh, good. That's important. It is important. Because I always say the best place to start all of this kind of stuff is is in the school place. Exactly. Because they spend, I think it's exactly. 900 to 1,200 instructional hours mm-hmm. that's spent. Yep, exactly. That's in right. the school. Yep. 
I'm glad about that. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll talk more about that. Yeah, good. Because I'm going to do a whole program. Okay. And if you notice that, for and you know about it, and we'll talk more about it later on in a little bit, actually, you know, our health and wellness mm-hmm. Healthy Heart, Healthy Living 2019, our focus is education this year. Good. That's a good thing. That's a very good thing. I know. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. And our topic today is what's new, hot topics number 48. But first, I want to make sure, I know it's the summertime. You guys have been listening because you're out there exercising. And what better way to listen to the show when you are on your treadmill or you're out walking. But make sure you also subscribe to this show. It's all about health and fitness, Vicido Fitness, on Apple Podcasts or on any of your favorite platforms that you love to listen to your podcasts. And make sure you leave us a good review because we certainly will appreciate it. And also... You know, you have to remember when you actually subscribe to the show, you will be notified when we post a new show and you will be able to keep in tune to all the things that we will be doing here and are doing here at Vicido Fitness. Yay. Because we get busy during the summertime, don't we? But we're planning for our upcoming health and wellness event. It's our third annual. So this will be our third year. This is Healthy Heart, Healthy Living 2019. It will be Friday, October the 4th and Saturday, October the 5th, located this year at the Double Tree by Hilton, downtown Youngstown. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yes, we have the 12th floor. And it overlooks the whole city, so it's going to be nice. And so we're focusing on this year, like I said before, we're focusing on education. And our topic this year is knowledge, power, change, quality education, the foundation for equity and well-being. And so we will have our kickoff Friday night, Healing in the Arts, and we like to have our jazz and our arts and all of that on our Friday night. And this time we have my special friend who's a special guest. He's a renowned professional dance and theater specialist, Wayne M. Smith. And he will motivate us. And he's going to be doing dance and mindful movement. And what's so cool is we'll see him perform, but then he'll bring somebody from Mm. the audience. And Mm. next thing you know, we'll all be doing it. Mm. It's very simple and great. And Mm -hmm. it's very cool. He's going to be doing that. Mm -hmm. We also going to have book signing. Mm -hmm. And the book is Answering Why by our keynote speaker and author, Mark C. Perna. We like Mark. We love Mark. Mm -hmm. And Mark came to our show a year ago Mm -hmm. in July, Mm -hmm. starting out promoting because his book hadn't launched quite yet. And he started out talking about his book. And now we see him all over the place. Don't Everywhere. We? Everywhere. Flying here and there. Yes. Yeah, I feel like we knew him first. That's it. That's it. <laughs> talking about his book. And mm-hmm. so Mark C. Perna, he's going to be our keynote speaker this year. He's an author and CEO of his company, TFS, which is a full-service strategic communications and consulting firm. And he will be discussing strategies and solutions about our youth and education. And he'll be answering questions such as, are we educating our youth for success? Why is there a skills gap in the first place? And what can we do as parents, leaders, and employees? All of those questions he will 
answer and it will definitely be a great discussion because as we know your education and your equal opportunity for education really affects your 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 whole life and your mm-hmm. well-being right your health and your well-being right your opportunities right mm-hmm. and all of that and so he's going to be talking about that and so I want we got a, so much other stuff that we're doing that's exciting so to find out all about this event Go to our website because we're doing early bird tickets right now. Go to our website, www.vickidofitness.com forward slash events, C or event, S-C. Go. Find out. You can't miss this event. It's going to be awesome. And we are doubly excited. Great. Right, D. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. It's really going to be good. And we like Mark Perner. Yes. And it has built up. The people are already yeah. saying, yeah, we missed last year. That's good. Make sure you tell us about it. I'm going to like yeah. the new venue, too. Yes. Double Tree. I'm going to like that. Yes. And they've that's really. Good. Have they been nice to work with? Yes. Good. They've been nice to work with. And that's good. That's my little. And I'll talk about that a little bit later, too. But that's my little thing. I realized that I really love architectural and real estate stuff Uh and so that building is an old building that they've renovated and when you walk in there especially if you go upstairs to the rooms Uh and stuff it's beautiful they left the marble and Mm -hmm. the the wood and yes that's what happens when you have money you can do that kind of thing that's it and i love they renovated that and uh, mary and matt stayed there in the rooms and they're supposedly gorgeous yes really they are nice mary had a suite and yes had a room and Mm -hmm. supposedly very nice. They are I was very there the nice. other day. They have a on the upstairs. They mm-hmm. have jazz now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. They have jazz upstairs on the second floor. Oh, that's nice. With the, and yes, stuff that all part around. is out. Yeah. Good for Youngstown we at least. That. Well, they they're trying. They're trying to move to the next. Yeah. You know, because you know we got to get him here. You know, Herb Washington. Mm-hmm. He has a whole new dispensary. Right. For, for marijuana. medical marijuana. Right. And yeah, so get him here. Yes, yeah. we got to yeah. talk about that yeah. and all of that. But they're trying to, you know, we we always hear on the TV with Tim Ryan and all that fighting mm-hmm. for Youngstown. Yeah, because we're on the map because we've gotten hit yeah, now. We're you know we're in New York Times and Washington Post articles and stuff. Sometimes not so good, but at least some would say that even bad publicity is good because in terms of our economic situation because it gets people to know that you know we're on we're falling on hard times right we represent a lot of other cities in america right it's not just us yes but we're also have hope and we're we're also doing stuff back build things back i mean i think Mm -hmm. the good thing from an entertainment standpoint is the cavelli center is bringing in all that entertainment Mm -hmm. and the new amphitheater downtown people are coming in from out of town for that so that's going to bring money downtown people staying in the hotel I mean, okay, they're bringing good. some world class. Steely Dan is coming here August the 27th. Wow. Who would have thought that Steely, I just saw today, Hall and Oates are coming yes. to the Cavelli. Okay. Earth, Wind, and Fire was here. Yes. Lionel Richie. Yes. So, I mean, they're bringing some world class talent to our town right here. And it's not like we have to drive miles to see. I know, I know. Like in Los Angeles, some of my friends have to drive like an hour just within Los Angeles to go to the Hollywood Bowl or something. I know. You and me, we live right down the street. Down the street. <laughs> we could literally walk. walk. I know. Isn't that great? We could literally we walk, could walk to the Cavelli and or walk to the amphitheater yes. if we needed to. If we needed so to. So who, who lives in a city like that? I know. 
So they're working on it. Good. They're working well, on it. And they're building good. a lot I'm glad of you're the doing yours down, down at the Double Tree. Yes. Yes. Good. I said, yeah. And then that weekend is going to be happening because that's the YSU. Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. the homecoming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know about that weekend because I'm with the butler okay. and performing a gala, which you'll know, we'll tell you more about. But that's okay. going to be on the 19th. We didn't want to have anything on the 4th and 5th because that's big Youngstown State. It's going to be Youngstown. You, know, you, don't, you do not have anything on that weekend with I know. Youngstown State's homecoming. I know. You know, you will be fine because we're but right in the heart exactly. of it exactly right so that's but anything fun. yes that'll be something for the folks yeah. to go to after downtown yes. will be popping yes yeah, yes downtown will be popping. and we're gonna have people from columbus they already gonna be coming oh, yeah that's so it's gonna good. be great that's good and as always, folks, we definitely want to write these. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you for your support. We really appreciate it. So how was, I've been seeing all these pictures and <laughs> motorcycles and helmets and walking into Windy City. And you in look like Windy you guys City. had a fabulous time. Tell us what we happened. We had a I fabulous time. Yes. You know, we went to go see Brother T. Uh-huh. Yes, we went to go see Brother T. Brother T. And that week it was happening because every part of the summer they take some of the kids, you know, for their program. Uh They have a program where they take the kids from the urban schools, and they had about 20, and they spend a whole week. And they do nothing but planes. Oh, wow. So they had them down to Chicago O'Hara. Yeah. They were showing them. And they got a tour of the private planes, the Boeing private planes with all the gold Mm -hmm. and stuff inside Mm -hmm. and everything. So they got a chance to tour that. They went to the main Boeing headquarters that's in Uh Chicago. Uh And they had classes there. And they were doing experiments on how to have, you know, things float in the Mm -hmm. air so Mm -hmm. they were teaching a lot of science but making it fun good you know and then at the very highlight that friday they each had them in the the small planes and they each were learning how to take off and land oh wow i'd love to see to be a part of something like that yes so t was involved with that t was involved so they were they were busy that time so while he was involved with that you know we kind of hung out a little bit and then natalie and i we just said you know what since we're here in chicago let's do the things now, I'm a part of the Art Institute uh-huh. in Chicago, uh-huh. but that's right in the heart where the Millennium Park yes, is and everything. Yes. And so we'll say, yeah, let's go to the Art Institute. Every time we would go there, we never got inside because oh. guess what? what? They had the taste of Chicago. Oh, so we we're like, you goodness. know what? We got to do this. Oh. So we would spend all day doing that. Then, oh. we, then we would walk a little bit doing the river walk. And there was the big aquarium. Oh, so we wow. stood in line and got in that. Oh, I bet that was, I oh, that, was that. that was beautiful. I they bet. had some nice I exhibits bet. and oh, a lot of creatures and nice. animals and stuff. And then we finished with that. And now it's like, I have to see the architectural riverboat exhibit because they take you along the river there and you see all the buildings, mm. you know, with the, the river walk. Uh-huh. But this is the riverboat ride. And they would do this guy was really good. He was historian. So he would talk about the buildings and you could look at it. The, the Art Deco building and, oh, the, wow. and the Echo yeah. Deco building yeah. and uh, this and that. Yeah. It was impressive. 
The architect is phenomenal. He was showing us um, the other buildings, two of them that were built by a woman mm. architecture. And you could tell her buildings had curves mm. and stuff. It was just neat. Mm. And they're really taking a lot of, they like to keep their old buildings mm -hmm. and renovate them. Mm. So they were doing a lot of that. They don't Good tear, they don't really tear down right. their stuff. That's what they say. Well, they're too valuable. Yes. They like to. And like um, you talk about that old marble and the, the woodwork yes. and the stuff. Yes. Some of these stuff and some of the things in these old buildings, they don't have workers and artisans to do that to kind do that of work anymore. anymore. They've all died out. Yeah, you know, they brought over a lot of Europeans and stuff who built all those castles and cathedrals and this, that, and the other. And that the kind of work that they did, people don't do that anymore. A lot of it was done by hand or handmade right. tools that they had to yes. do it. So I, I'm glad that preserving a lot of the the buildings, the building, and stuff. The architecture. And then, yes, and then mm -hmm. they were talking about the the lake and the river. And, yeah. And how that they started years ago uh -huh. cleaning it and, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's, you could tell, I mean, it's very clean compared to Lake Erie here. Yeah. Very yeah. clean compared. So wow. it was really good. Nice. I was like, thank you, Natalie. And they also have that, I think it's that in the Millennium Park, that Frank Geary, where the, amphi the, yes. the amphitheater or whatever you call it, is built by the architect Frank Geary that has all these. They've got the law school at Case Western Reserve was built by him. You can um, see it with the, yes. All the different. Oh, they, yeah. He, he, and he, we you know how his architecture is all kind of over the place. Yes. And, and usually metal. Some yes, kind of metal. metal. And we, we yeah. saw that. And um, I was like, yeah, this is this remind me of Case. I yeah, said, yeah, the, the same school. the same guy built that. Yeah, Frank Gehry. Yeah, and they had where it's free, where you could sit, and they had uh -huh. like a mini. Of the, they had the Chicago Orchestra, but they uh -huh. had the mini Broadway stuff, oh, so wow. you could hear. Phantom of the Opera, oh, you nice. can hear, yeah, different things. They'll just do, like, samples. Mm -hmm. Wow. And we just sat there. It was free. That's great. Yeah, that's the thing about Chicago. I've been it there during free. the jazz festival. It's free. It's free. You sit out there and you listen to all this oh fabulous jazz. Oh, my God. Jazz. It yeah. was free. You know how I was there with our friend Allison. So we had a good time. We loved it. That's great. Loved it. And I love where T is. He's in West Loop uh -huh. because, you know, you can Uber a little bit downtown or you uh -huh. can walk to these yeah. places. So oh, that's good. Yes. Did you do any retail therapy on uh, we the did, mile? Well, we did a little retail the therapy. Got <laughs> to do a little research. Mm -hmm. Ain't mad at you. Mm -hmm. Ain't mad. A little something, 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 something. A little shum, shum. A little something, something. Got to do a little retail therapy. <laughs> right. Some, something. <laughs> Very good. Great. We did some rooftop. Nice. Yeah, we, we were doing it yeah, up this time. Rooftop is a new thing now. Yeah, that's when a I, new when thing. When I was in New York, and I guess I was there in April. No, in May. Uh -huh. uh, one of my friends took me to a new rooftop. rooftop thing. That's a new yeah, thing. Yeah, that's a new yeah. thing where they have mm -hmm. the little things. You can get some hors d'oeuvres yes. and, and your drink yes. and just kind of steal. Mm -hmm. and yep. Yeah, that's yeah. what's happening. Yeah. They had quite a few of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, that's a new thing. Then yeah. at nighttime, we actually walked the whole uh -huh. river walk. Oh, and, wow. And folks were out there enjoying, yeah, the nightlife. So, yeah. Go ahead, Chicago. Shy town Go ahead. The windy City. Yes, indeed. So we enjoyed it. That's great. It was getting hot, though. It was getting hot. Chicago can be unbearable. Oh, sometimes. it was getting hot. It can be brutally cold, but it can be unbearable. Yeah, hot can in it be? Summer. Ooh. Ooh. 
So how was your week? You, I know you did a lot. I saw your stuff too. Well, let's see. It pales in comparison to what you did. I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, but um, you still, you still getting to these well, nice places. Yeah, I went to some that some we don't con- really think about. No, I went to some concerts. There's a place down by Canton, Ohio, called Gervasi's. It's a winery mm-hmm. where they make their own wine. Mm-hmm. They have villas where you can stay, but they also have several restaurants, and they also have entertainment every week. Mm-hmm. So I've been there a couple of weeks uh, back to back. Like yesterday, we went and saw this woman, Helen Welch. She's kind of a jazz singer. She's out of Cleveland. Okay. And then two weeks ago, we went to see Bob James of the famed foreplay jazz group. Mm-hmm. So I that love was fun. Foreplay. Love oh my foreplay. God. He was a piano player in oh, foreplay. Oh, wow. He was there and his daughter happens to be a friend of a friend. And so she, they got us front row seats and stuff. Oh, that's so nice. That was fun. And then I went this past weekend, I went to kind of like outside my not comfort zone because I love all kinds of music but it was a concert of just Eric Clapton's music okay and by this local group it was outside in an amphitheater you brought your chairs I love that kind of stuff anyway me too I love that kind of stuff anyway. So it was just all Eric Clapton's. Some of them I knew because he's rock and, you know, folksy and and all of that. And and a little bit of bordering on jazz. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. And then there's another thing that I've been going to kind of recently called First Fridays in Canton. Yeah, you were saying something about that. I went there again this past Friday. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they shut all the streets down. The museums are open. It's free. They have all kinds of artisans around with their jewelry and their this and musicians playing out and it was again another one of those kind of events that that you think you can certainly bring that kind of thing if they could just shut down the West Federal and stuff for one evening very well received you know and so shut it down from that West Federal or maybe in the the square over Mm -hmm. there where the bistro is and Mm -hmm. just shut that little area down for just the evening I think it would be a major draw. It would be, it would be a major draw. It would be, and, the, and tell the butler to keep their place open in the, for that one evening and mm-hmm. let people just kind of, you know, go in and out. And that's how you develop your art community. That's it. That's so, it. yeah. They so. did that. They did that sort of thing in South Africa. Really? We went to, yeah, we went to one okay. of theirs. And it yeah. was neat. That's why, nice. and they had, they had stuff from all over. I mean, yeah. the true stuff. You know, we see little stuff of art, African art, mm-hmm. but there was Great. it was the true stuff. Nice. Nice. Well, but yeah, the, but that idea mm-hmm. is um catching on. Yeah. And I think we could do it. We've got I think we enough, could. We got enough people, enough people in the arts to kind of get something like that started and I think it would be a huge draw cuz people are looking for something to do on a Friday. Yeah. You know, especially in the summer when it's it's warm and you're And you, you don't want to always have to go out of town exactly. to find Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We want to do stuff, stuff in our own backyard. Yes. And we certainly do have enough restaurants downtown to support people. Yes. But this weekend, I'll have more to talk about next weekend. Mm-hmm. Next week, because I'm going to Los Angeles. Yes. And then I'm going to be going to the medical school is having a, a brunch event for the Case Western Reserve Medical Alumni at the Getty Villa. Okay. So that should be fun. In yes. Malibu. I've never been, oh. so I have a lot to tell you guys about. Big time. And then just Los Angeles. I'll be with a girlfriend from college, uh-huh. uh, Cynthia. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, Cynthia. yeah, yeah. I met her. Yeah, you met yes, Cynthia. So yes. it should be fun. Cynthia always has something. She was an agent in Hollywood back in the day, and mm-hmm. she always has something fun going on. Yes, So yes. I'll be able to talk about that. But I'm just trying to do some, I renovated my breezeway. You got to come see that. Okay, yeah. Clean out my garage. And I got a major embark on getting rid of some clothes. Uh-huh. I don't know. 
Spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. Summer cleaning. Yes. Mm -hmm. Your yard looks beautiful. Well, thank you. Your yard looks great. Yeah, I had to put my foot down. I, I, I remember that you said you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to put my foot down yeah. and say, look, we yeah. got to have this going on. Yeah. Because, you know, we got a big ass yard. You don't yeah. want to have a yard full of uh, trash. And, and your yard is the first one that people look at when they when you turn, turn that, that corner. corner. And there yes. you see your property. Yes. I do it all the time. Everybody does. I it. always see what's what are what Nate, we doing? What's Nate, what we doing? Yeah, what the lights on, <laughs> or the car in there, or what kind of new landscaping do you yes. all have? Or the flowers? The flowers. We got all our flowers. You're the going first on. house that people look at, and it's I don't it. know. People don't look on to the left. No, they look they over look here to the right at your house. They do. Yeah, right. and even coming down the street, I think you look onto oh. the left mm-hmm. on your at your house right the, the whole landscape exactly is, is wide yeah. spread yeah. so right. i can understand having a little bit of angst yeah so i had to, to yes yeah. so i had to tell yeah. uh we gotta have uh-uh yeah and yeah. so luckily he did that you know he was able to do that before we, we got that rain uh-huh. and now it's getting hotter yeah so you can't right. be out there slaving no, in the heat can't. either no you can't no, so he it was it was just perfect oh good Hey, we could talk about the summer. It's exciting I know forever. It is. it is. But you got to come. You got to come and, and hang out a little bit. I'm going to try to. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Plan something. No worries. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> so what is going on this week? Everything, Vicky. Everything. I think this is what we're getting ready to talk about is part of what I did over the yes. weekend, too, watching some fabulous tennis. Oh, my God. The some best tennis. Tennis ever. Yeah. Now, I missed the Serena. Oh, uh, that was that Simona was hot game. Too. How was that? That was hot, too. Was it? Yeah, that was hot. Did, did Serena play her best? Yes. She did. And so this, it was a this is, fest. Well, this is what we were saying. She was playing her best and doing all the angles and uh-huh. doing all her stuff. But, oh, girl, and she admitted it at the end. Simona. S- Serena said, yes, when they asked, you know how they always ask uh-huh. about the game, you uh-huh. know, before they get ready to give the trophies. And Serena said, Simona played out of her mind. Yeah. And she did. She was running back and forth. She was returning all that stuff. Because we, we would look and, you know, we'd be like, okay, yeah, she's uh-huh. not going to get that. Because, uh-huh. you know, Serena liked to put it right at the uh-huh. line. Mm, next thing you know. She putting it back. I was like, dang. And even Serena, you could tell she was like, wow, wow. this this young lady, yeah. she getting all my best of yeah. the best. Yeah. yeah. So it was good. It's a good game. It was a good game. Oh, a good match or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. A good. Yeah. And then the next day, mm-hmm. talk about gladiators and a slug fest. <laughs> Federer and Djokovic slugged it out. Five hours. Five hours. The longest in history. We were going on our way back. Did you back. watch any of it? Yeah, we watched okay. the front part of it. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, because we were on the plane and we were watching it and stuff. And then Natalie, about, i say two or three hours later, when we had landed, we were in Cleveland. Uh-huh. We were eating and getting ready to go our separate ways. Mm-hmm. She was going to go back to Columbus. I'm coming back home here mm-hmm. in Youngstown. And she was like, Ugh, I wonder if they still, I said, hmm. Knowing them too, they still playing. Oh, yeah. So as soon as like we got home, they had just oh, yeah. finished. Oh yeah. I mean, you had to give it to both of them. They played some outstanding tennis, mm. and and at that level, can you imagine? And I think Djokovic had had some injuries or some some yes. issues that he had. But Federer beat Nadal before he even I got there. Know. 
to the next one, to the final. Sure did. He and I the saw dog Nadal for the s- play somebody. Month. I forget who. Andy Murray, he played oh, yes. somebody. And he knocked that. I mean, that was a good game, too. That was, too. Murray had had a lot of injuries. Right. He had had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. And that was a that was another, you know, just some really good tennis. Good and how about tennis. little Coco? She, yes. she did the best that oh, she yeah. could. She came up. No, she, she shouldn't be, you know, embarrassed no. or feel badly. She beat she Venus. Still, she still got $250,000. Did she? Yeah. That's not too bad. Mm-hmm. That ain't too bad. That ain't bad. <laughs> and I think I, I think um, with because you know they've been fighting for equal pay, right? And so I think with Serena, look like Simona. What's a Halep? Uh huh. She got maybe three million, and then Serena probably one point five million wow. or something like that. So they still got money. They still got money. Yes, but hopefully Serena, we got the one more this year, the U.S. Yeah. Open. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully she can, she can make it. Yeah. Because what is it? Twenty three. Because she's 23 now. We want her to be 24. And then once she's 24, she, then she has one more 25 okay. to get yeah. before she... Is she trying to break Steffi Graf? Or, I don't well, know, she already, Court or She's already even with oh, Steffi okay. Graf. So she's now Margaret... Steffi. Yeah. Margaret Court. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it. At 24, if she get that yeah. 24th one. Wow. So we'll see. We will see. Yes, indeedy. Well, you know, speaking of yeah, Serena, I was very, you know, because she's doing a lot uh-huh. of great things mm-hmm. with trying to help folks start uh-huh. their startups. Mm-hmm. And so this was on the news and they were talking about that the maternal health startup and we we've talked about this, the maternal uh, mortality issues. Mm-hmm. And so maternal health startup mommy raises $3 million from Serena Williams and then Mark Cuban. It says the U.S. has a major maternal mortality problem, and we've talked about this. And so Tuesday, a Los Angeles-based, and this is so cool, digital health startup, Mommy, which offers online maternity coaches, just scored a who's who list of investors with both the tennis star Serena and the billionaire Mark Cuban signing on to back their idea for addressing the problem. And so here's a a little bit about the company. The company launched in 2014 and it just closed another funding round, which was three million. And the funding round was led by Arlen Hamilton's Arlen Was Here Investments, Hamilton's One Million Joint Venture Investment Fund with Cuban, and was augmented by support from, of course, um, Williams' early start venture firm, Serena, this is her firm, Serena Ventures and Revolution's Rise of the Rest Seed Fund. So she's using her, her monies mm-hmm. to help these startup funding. Good for her. And so they were joined by previous investors, and you see all the different investors. Mommy is focused on addressing the rise in maternal mortality and injuries through care management and the use of maternity coaches, which I thought was a brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. The maternal health industry is lacking the IT infrastructure needed to connect the healthcare professionals from different organizations to each other and to follow and monitor the patients across practices and health systems. The founder, Melissa Hanna, she's the CEO and co-founder of Mommy. She said that this missing element creates gaps in care. So Mommy is the glue that connects the care ecosystem 
and closes the gaps. The maternity health care process on the surface, there are generally three or four people involved. So you have the mother, the baby, and each of their physicians. And what we don't see, and this is what she's saying, are the many other people helping them, Mm -hmm. the nurses, Mm -hmm. the lactation consultants, the midwives, the nutritionists, the therapists, the doulas. They're coming back now, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, Home health aides and social workers. And we've been hearing about it from the CDC. They're reporting that the number of um, reported pregnancy-related deaths in the U.S. has steadily increased from 7.2 deaths per 100,000 live births in 1987 to 17.2 deaths mm-hmm. per 100,000 live births in 2015. That's about three in five pregnancy-related deaths could be prevented. Prevented. Yeah, yeah. That's why they're so happy for the, you know, for Serena, her ventures and all that to give money because they are connecting with this uh, mommy platform to improve and protect the lives of the mommies and the babies and so this is a data-driven approach and they feel that it's the right solution to one of the most significant problems in the system mommy is focused on improving maternal and infant health by building the missing digital infrastructure to connect the maternal health industry and prevent critical gaps in care so they get on this platform they register and sign up and then they have their maternity coaches that can help them through their whole process Mm -hmm. and kind of keep in touch on what's going on well you know this topic of course is near and dear to serena who almost lost her life when she had her baby olympia she had a That's blood clot. She that whole story that she tells and talks mm-hmm. about how if she hadn't talked to the doctor and alerted the doctor to be more diligent, who knows what would have happened to her. So this obviously is a topic that here she is, all the money in the world. Right. All the doctors, all the doulas, all the money in the world. She had access and resources to everything. Yes. And she fell That's into th- that black women's morbidity is yes. being around childbirth. Yes. Isn't that something? That's something. So she had all the money in the world. So there's it's obviously something more than money. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I would see could see her giving a lot of money to this kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, so kudos, kudos, I think. Kudos to her. Yeah, yeah this is definitely yeah. good. Our next one, and we know about this because of the Vindicator. Yeah. They're announcing last week that they're closing. And so now we have... a sad day. Oh, I know. Now we have some other newspapers and so forth around here this one i think is out of warren the tribune chronicle and so they're saying that they're launching a mahoney county edition we got all the people tuesday morning the publisher of the warren tribune chronicle said that he and his staff are still putting together the plan for a new mahoney county edition they're doing an edition of the newspaper that's good so at least they'll know It's still, I don't know, it's still iffy because that's not all of Mahoney County, you know, that Mm -hmm. they don't have their own paper. But at the same time, at least we have these folks that are trying to at least step up to the plate and get some of the news. What do you think? I mean, I think that, you know, even though it's the Warren area, whatever paper, it still gives some news. And if they're willing to include, I mean, you have to have a, you have to have a newspaper to 
bring up the issues of both sides. Right. And to also, because not everybody is aware of what's going on in, in their world. Mm-hmm. Good for them. I had heard that something like this. And then somebody also said the Business Journal was going to step up to the plate. Right, yes. And start putting more stuff in there. Yes. Um, about about the our bo- area. Yeah, so... At that's least, good. at least that's happening. I still hope that somebody will buy exactly. it. Exactly, I know. Somebody was saying, yeah, somebody was saying that once the price gets low, I'm thinking that you know my girlfriend Jay used uh-huh. to work for USA Today, and that's a Gannett newspaper. So they buy up, you know, these these mega things like the Canton Repository is owned mm-hmm. by somebody else, and mm-hmm. USA Today is a Gannett. So maybe when the price goes lower, that somebody will swoop I in hope and buy so. it up because there are a lot of jobs that are lost. Oh, big time! A lot of people have a, have been working at the vindicator for years all the way down to delivering the papers to folks absolutely so yeah yeah. so it's going to be something yeah so yeah they're just talking about it and they are saying that they're going to do all that they can yeah to keep it going the tribune chronicle plans to reach Mm -hmm. out to institutions Mm -hmm. such as the history society youngstown state university and the public Mm -hmm. library Mm -hmm. of youngstown and mahoney county Mm -hmm. as potential providers of content Mm -hmm. So we will see. Yep, we will see. That's when you know the true economic situation when you have a powerhouse like the Vindicator. 150 years? What? I mean, even, even the little dinkiest towns in the South had a newspaper. You know, when we were growing up, <laughs> not just the Atlanta Constitution, but all the little cities around. Yeah, everybody has a newspaper. I know. It's almost it's it's almost un-American. That's it. You got to. It's almost un-American to not have a newspaper. All the news, like the New York Times, all the news is fit to print to get people's ideas and to hear what's going on. And I can see, I can see if they kept the online stuff, yeah. but they're not even doing no, that. No, they're not even doing that. I know. So no obituaries, no weddings, no mm. news, no stuff about what's going on with the kids in high school. Or, you know, the city school, Youngstown the city, city schools. schools. Yes. Because that was their main thing yes. to you. So, no, yeah, so it's going to no. be something. Mm-mm. We won't know what city council is doing. We won't know Nothing. what the mayor is doing. Yeah, that sounds kind of weird, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound kind of How can you have a governmental system that you have no way to, do, to let the people know what's going on? Mm, that's weird. I don't know. That's just, I don't know. What can I say? Well, we'll see. We'll see. Definitely. Well, you know, every time we do have a health tip, and our health tip is right on time because we mm-hmm. got to do some relaxation yep. with all this stress yep. we have, right? Yeah. Yep. And so the health tip is relaxation techniques for stress. It is found on our website, Vikido Fitness, written by Health Day News. And it says, stress is a normal physical and emotional reaction to changes in life. However, long-term stress can contribute to digestive issues, headaches, sleep disorders, and other health problems. Relaxation techniques can help release tension and counteract stress. And this was said by the U.S. National Center for Complementary and Integrative Health. These techniques incorporate breathing and pleasing thoughts to help calm both mind and body. The NCCIH recommends trying relaxation techniques such as deep breathing, guided imagery, progressive relaxation, and meditation, and we can do yoga. Mm -hmm. Of course, we can do yoga, right? Absolutely. So I think I'll be doing some yoga tonight. 
That sounds good. I, you know, I've been meaning to try to get up still. I, I've resumed going back swimming in the morning at the gym. Okay, but they have good. yoga classes now. Oh, do they? I mean, they ha- I guess they have had them, but I need to mix it up. Mix it I up. I need to do, yeah, some, do some yoga. Do cross training. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I need to do some cross training. And I've really never done it. Now I have this the back problem. I think yoga would really help me yes. in terms of relieving stress and stuff like that. So I may try that. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I may do that. There it is. Good. So what's the latest? So I do have some update on some Ebola information. So the Democratic Republic of Congo will not allow any more experimental Ebola vaccines to be tested during current outbreak. Okay. So Mahamba reported the Democratic Republic of Congo government announced that they will not permit any more experimental Ebola vaccines to be tested in the country in order to avoid public confusion. Mm. The Democratic Republic of Congo's health ministry said in a statement, due to a lack of sufficient scientific evidence on the efficacy and safety of other vaccines and the risk of confusing the population, it was decided that no clinical trial of vaccines will be authorized during the current Ebola outbreak. Now, another news agency reported that as a result of Merck's it's called the Z-Bob. Merck's, I guess this is called VSV Z-Bob, is the only vaccine mm. that will be used during the current ever-growing Ebola outbreak in North Kivu and Ituri provinces in Congo. So, Houston, we still have a problem. I know. Yeah. I know. We still have a problem. So that's the most recent update on Ebola. Okay, well, you have some yeah. articles on I HIV, do. right? Yeah, some really interesting things that are good, happy news that I think we uh-huh. we need to extrapolate over here to the United States. Another <coughs> one of my big pet peeves. So the article is from the New York Times, how Australia could almost eradicate HIV transmission. So mm. this article is out of Melbourne, Australia, which me and Matt went to. It was a fabulous city. It took universal health care, political will, and a health campaign designed to terrify the public. But nearly four decades into the health crisis, Australian researchers say the country is on the path toward making transmission of HIV vanishingly rare. It's not a one fight yet, the experts caution, and the last stretch of disease eradication efforts is often the toughest. But in the last five years, the number of new infections has dropped Mm-hmm. by almost a quarter, with higher declines among gay and bisexual men, according to the Kirby Institute and Infectious Disease Research Center in New South Wales. So in 2018, just 835 diagnoses were recorded nationally, and at their peak in 87, there were 2,412. So what is causing this? So mm-hmm. the most recent advance in Australia's battle against the virus, which is seen as a model around the world, is that they finally figured out that PrEP worked. Ah. And I've come on this show talking about big time, big time, pre-exposure prophylaxis pill Mm -hmm. under the regimen. Patients typically take a daily pill, which even without the use of condoms is about 100 percent effective in preventing contracting HIV. In Australia, more than 40 percent of gay men considered to be most at risk of the infection are on PrEP. There you go. Adoption rates are lower in the United States. Listen to these statistics. Uh Uh-huh. While the Center for Disease Control has said that more than 1.1 million Americans need PrEP, only about 270,000 people are on it. Let that sink in. 1.1 million people need it, Um. but only 270,000 people are on it. So the CDC is expected to release new figures, I guess this week, about the use and awareness of PrEP. Uh Provided the Australian people, the researchers said, provided we don't take our foot off the pedal, 
we stand to eliminate HIV in 2030 Wow! in their country. Truvada, which is the pill, the abbreviation stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, was formally added as a preventive medication to the list of pharmaceuticals available at subsidized rates under Australia's universal health care. And here's another thing that works. Okay, so since then, this was in 28, April 2018 when they put it in the universal health plan. Mm-hmm. Any permanent resident or citizen of Australia has been able to get the pill or its generic alternative by getting a prescription from the doctor and purchasing it. For these people, it costs about $28 per month, mm. our money. If you have universal health care like Australia does, then getting yourself on PrEP is easy, whether you're unemployed or a millionaire. So Truvada, again, was discovered in the United States, and it's been out for, you know, several years. But I'm still amazed that people don't know about this drug. Gilead is the company that makes it, and even in the United States, Gilead has promised to supply 200,000 uninsured patients with this pill. But the problem with there's several barriers. Number one, and I see it all the time, believe it or not, there's some doctors that don't know about it. So if you don't know about it, you can't talk to your patients about it. Now, remember, these are patients that are not HIV positive. So they're not going to be coming to me. Right. It's going to be people that go into doctor's offices who are at high risk may feel uncomfortable talking to their doctor about, hey, you know, I'm having a lot of sex with men or, and I'm not positive, I like this pill. So there's a lot of stigma attached to that. A lot of people in these rural areas and their access to any kind of health care is poor. So there are a lot of things that need to be worked out. And it's still a stigmatized disease in this country. Yes, big time. Bill Boltwell, a strategic health planning policy consultant who helped lead Australia's response to the AIDS crisis, continues to advise on HIV policy, said the system in the United States could not be set up better to maintaining a continuing HIV and AIDS pandemic. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. So you got all these barriers mm-hmm. that are not ultimately being worked on. I know. So rates of HIV have remained largely unchanged in the United States. Mm-hmm. They continue to be high in gay and bisexual, Hispanic, and Latino men. They've not improved at all, hardly. They've not improved much in the gay and bisexual African-American men community. And among these minorities, PrEP adoption is minimal. They account for two-thirds of at-risk population, but only a fraction of them have it. Mm. So Australia is not immune to disparities because, as I learned when I was there, the minority group comparable to the Latino and people of color in this country are the Aborigines, uh-huh. the native, the, okay. uh, the indigenous population. Okay. And believe it or not, when you go there, their story is like our story. Right. Their woes and, and being disenfranchised and stuff by the government are our stories. I know. And so this HIV thing extrapolates over to the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Australian people who still have this problem. But they're still they're working on it. And mm-hmm. Australia, to me, it just seemed they, they're, they're making a real concerted effort to draw everybody in because they really would like to see this uh, disease eradicated. So lastly, the article, again, just talks about how Australia's fast adoption of PrEP has even gone over sub-Saharan Africa, again, oh, okay. where there's still a lot of yeah. uh, problems. So this is a good, you know, it's a feel-good story okay, um, that's good. about how if you make a concerted effort to, to eliminate, and you got, the, you know, it's not like, it's not like you don't have a drug to work with. There was one guy who, there was a quote, this gentleman, his name was Mark Burnett. He's a physiotherapist from Melbourne who's on PrEP. He said, mm-hmm. people living with HIV have long carried the burden of preventing its spread. But now, you know, you have a pill so that mm. it, it basically, like with Australia, has the propensity of not having any new HIV infections ever. 
And that's great. Isn't that great? Yes. So in the United States, hopefully we'll look at this as a model. I'm but sure we people like are over there and <laughs> go over there. And I was going to say, well, in the United States, we like being sick. I mean, well, you know, that's that's our, you and me, our soapbox. Because there's no incentive for people to get well because too uh-uh. many people are benefiting by people getting sick. That's it. Now, that don't get us on our soapbox don't about that. It. In fact, somebody the other day asked me about that. And it was about a half hour later after I finished and their mouths were hanging open. They were like, wow, D. I, we, were at, we were at a gospel concert or something. And I was sitting at the table talking to these people. And they started, they, they, they were on the subject of health care in this country and people being sick. And I ran it down. I'm serious. It was at least 20 minutes to have people at the table. It was like E.F. Hutton. Their mouths were hanging open because everybody's benefiting. Right. Why should you be healthy? Well, no. Because if you right. become HIV positive, then you got all then you that got other all stuff, these that, other stuff that, that costs money. Case all right, closed. there. Case closed. <laughs> there it Case is. Um, another article, mm-hmm. uh, again, talking a little bit about HIV again. Drug companies are focusing on the poor after decades of ignoring them. Pharmaceutical industry once sued to keep AIDS drugs from dying Africans. Now companies boast of their efforts to, make, to get medicines to the developing world. So 20 years ago, thousands of Africans died of AIDS as pharmaceutical companies looked on, murmuring sympathy but claiming they couldn't afford to cut the prices of $15,000 a year drugs. So there it is. There it is. It's hard to imagine such a nightmare unfolding today. Vast changes have swept the drug industry over the last two years. They got legion. Mm. Mm. They got legion. (laughs) Okay, let's keep it moving. Mm -hmm. I digress. (laughs) Powerful medicines, once available only in rich countries, are distributed in the most remote regions of the globe, saving millions of lives. Nearly 20 million Africans are now on HIV treatment for less than $100 a year. Top quality drugs for malaria, TB, hepatitis C, and some cancers are now sold at rock-bottom prices in poor countries. Once demonized as immoral profiteers, Many of the world's biggest 20 pharmaceutical companies now boast about how they help poor countries and fight neglected diseases. They compete on the Access to Medicine Index, which scores their charitable efforts. They got legion. That's it. That's it, right? They got legion. (laughs) Okay. Several of them even cooperate with the Indian generics companies they once dismissed as pirates in in India. Oh, wow. Okay. By sub-licensing patents so that generic makers can produce. Because people were going to India and stuff and getting the same drugs that that the pharmaceutical companies here were selling for thousands and thousands of dollars. But the Indian generic companies they once dismissed as pirates by sub-licensing patents so that generic makers can produce cheap drugs for Africa, Asia, and Latin America. But they're still opportunity for growth. Most of the industry's remarkable progress is limited to a few companies, and their efforts are too reliant on donor dollars, according to a report last month in the Access to Medicine Foundation, which publishes the index and interviews with experts. As people live longer in the developing world, death from cancer, diabetes, and heart disease are rising. Drug companies have not been as quick to provide treatments, and the situation is fragile, said Jazari Iyer, who's executive director of the foundation. A retreat by one company or a drop in health care investments will jeopardize the progress made. The index now ranks the biggest 20, let's listen to them, European and Japanese companies on their efforts to distribute medications to the poor. GlaxoSmithKline, which we've all heard about, GSK, yes. has won every time okay. and continues to rise. Johnson & Johnson, Novartis, Sanofi, Merck, 
based in Germany have had consistently high rankings. The four Japanese makers started at the bottom, but, but Takeda recently rose to number five, and Eastside, these are all just Japanese companies. Okay. So in 1998, with 250,000 of its citizens dying of AIDS each year, South Africa's parliament legalized the suspension of drug patents so the government could import generic drugs. And remember, that was during the time when, oh, the, um, yes. when the president of South Africa, I think it was, I can't remember his name, he was even saying that it wasn't a real disease. Yes. You remember that, era? Yes. Mm-hmm. The article goes on to say that almost immediately, 39 drug companies sued to overturn the law, naming the country's beloved president, Nelson Mandela, in the suit. Following international condemnation, the suit was dropped. So they were trying to prevent these drugs from going into Africa. Mm. I was horrified, said Dr. Yamada, who worked at, at GSK. In those days, they went from being one of the most respected industries in the world to one rank just above tobacco companies. And, you know, tobacco companies were at rock oh, bottom. Yeah, big time. So Dr. Yamada eventually became one of the central figures in the industry's transformation. He served as the president of the Melinda Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They give lots of money for charitable things. Okay. And then as chief medical officer uh, for Takeda. So there are other important inflection points, experts said. One was the about face by the Clinton administration in 99. 1999, after Vice President Gore was pressured by AIDS activists mm-hmm. during his presidential campaign, the administration decided to support South Africa's efforts. Okay. Another okay. turning point came in 2001 when CIPLA, an Indian company, offered HIV drugs to doctors without borders for $350 per patient per year. The offer revealed the huge markups the brand name drug makers had been profiting from mm. and introduced the Indian pharmaceutical industry as a rival. Mm. So the George Bush administration founded or supported the agencies that became the biggest buyers of generics. And that's why, you know, you can say what you want to about George Bush with a lot of his other politics, but he was on the forefront during his yeah, administration with some of these these causes of yes, diseases in Africa. In, in Africa. Mm-hmm. The Bush administration founded or supported the agencies that became the biggest buyers of generics, the president's emergency plan for AIDS relief, and nobody talks about that. I the know. president's malaria initiative. Right. The Global Fund to Fight AIDS, Tuberculosis, and Malaria. The World Health Organization began certifying which drugs were safe, a boon for countries too poor to run their own regulatory agencies. Um, suffice it to say, these companies are making a turnabout, but you know me with my nihilistic viewpoint of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Right. Right. Today, companies use three paths to get their drugs to the poor. They cut prices, donate medicines, or sub-license patents to generic companies. More than 400 drugs now are sold at low prices. Sub-licensing is now used for about 30 HIV and hepatitis C drugs. Comparatively, few Western customers pay high prices, but developing countries need millions of doses. So, uh, you know, again, somebody's got to be benefiting. Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I hate, I don't want I don't like to be negative or, right. you know, uh, naysayer or mm. nihilist or Debbie Downer. But all of a That's sudden now. That's good, but now all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I say stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Good for them, good for the people that they're benefiting, but uh, I guess I've been in this country too long. Yeah, so it's something. Somebody's benefiting. Yes, something's happening. So, somebody's benefiting. Definitely. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. And our topic today is what's new, hot topics number 48. Our first article, it says healthy living can cut odds for Alzheimer's in people at genetic risk. 
And you can find this on Vicky Doe Fitness, written by Health Day News. And it says, even if you are unlucky enough to carry genes that predispose you to Alzheimer's disease, a healthy lifestyle can minimize that risk, new research shows. And so the study tracked the genetics, lifestyles, and Alzheimer's disease incident of nearly 200,000 British people over the age of 60 for an average of eight years. And the researchers found that people who had a high genetic risk for Alzheimer's and who followed unhealthy lifestyles had nearly triple the odds of getting the disease compared to people with low genetic risk and a healthy lifestyle. Conversely, living well That means exercising regularly, eating a balanced diet, not smoking and drinking moderately, appear to cut the odds for Alzheimer's, even among those that were at high genetic risk. Among people found to be at highest genetic risk, healthy living appeared to reduce the chances of developing a disease by 35%. And this was said and led by David Llewellyn at the University Exeter Medical School in England. Mm -hmm. That implies that one case of dementia would be prevented for each 121 individuals per, that means every 10 years, with high genetic risk who improved their lifestyle from unfavorable to favorable. This is what was said by the researchers, and they reported it in the Journal of American uh, Medical Association. The findings were reported at the Alzheimer's Association International Conference in Los Angeles. Now, there was one caveat, however. The UK Biobank database, from which the data came, only focused on white people of European descent. Hmm. So it's unclear if the findings might apply to other populations. Hmm. Still, the results should give hope to people worried about their Alzheimer's risk and an incentive to adopt healthy lifestyles. This was said by John Hager. Mm -hmm. No one can guarantee you escape this awful disease, but certainly healthy living can cut the odds. And John Hager of the U.S. National Institute of Aging, he told the AP Associated Press. In the British study, a high genetic risk was based on the presence of genes known to be associated with Alzheimer's disease, such as a particular form of APO gene, APOE gene, and other DNA more recently tied to the brain-robbing disease. A favorable lifestyle, what does that mean? It was defined as people who met the American Heart Association exercise guidelines of 150 minutes of moderate physical activity per week or 75 minutes of vigorous exercise. Those who didn't smoke, those who ate a heart-healthy diet and drink no more than the average of one glass of wine or beer per day. Now, both genes and lifestyle did seem to impact a person's odds for Alzheimer's. As someone's genetic risk score got higher, so did their odds for the disease. And the same was true as lifestyle became less healthy. Of course, genes can't be modified, but we all know that lifestyle can. And so they believe, Llewellyn Mm -hmm. and his group found, they believe, they said that healthier living may give a boost to brain blood flow that could reduce 
oxidative damage to brain cells and help prevent brain damaging clots and inflammation that could boost Alzheimer's risk. Another expert said that the new study proves that when it comes to Alzheimer's, genes are not necessarily destiny. So Rudy Tanzi, who directs the Genetics of Aging Research Unit at Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston, Hmm. he stressed that less than 5% of genes connected to Alzheimer's have such a strong connection to the disease that they would guarantee you'll get the illness. That means that with 95% of mutations, your lifestyle, this is important, will make a difference. His advice, don't be too worried about your genetics. Spend more time being mindful of living a healthy life. That's something good. Yeah, because people do spend too much. You can't run away from your genetics. Right, and that's not going to change. It's not going to change. So what you can control is your lifestyle. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to be controlling my lifestyle. Me too. Yeah, that's and all it, we and can it, do. You cannot outrun your genes, but you can keep your weight down. You can exercise, like they say. You can eat healthy. You yes. can watch what you eat. And they said even those folks that were low on the, the high genetic risk, if you do a lifestyle of bad habits, then your risk increase. Exactly. So it's, it's exactly. still kind of, you still can kind of control these you still can control diseases the, with right, um, your lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one, D. The vitiligo. And the vitiligo I don't know if patients. people remember Michael Jackson. Well, didn't Michael Jackson have some problems with vitiligo? Yes. It says what? New uh-huh. treatment new, offer new hope. New treatments offer hope. We mm. now have a much better understanding of the immunological pathways involved in vitiligo, which is providing insight on how to treat, to target, and treat the disease. Stella pavlidis has vitiligo. It's an autoimmune condition in which her body attacks the cells called melanocytes. They give skin color. She was 22 years old and starting to be a court reporter. In fact, there's a model that's out there now that yes. they're promoting and who then has they got vitiligo. A, right. And she's a model, like a runway model kind of thing. And then they got um, dolls too now. Yes, yes. So she first developed these white patches <laughs> on her hands and feet, then mouth, arms, Legs and groin. People say vitiligo doesn't kill you, but it kills your spirit. Mm. Kids get stared at, spit on, beaten up, bullied. Although the condition is most obvious and often most emotionally, is most obvious and often most emotionally and socially devastating when it affects dark-skinned people, Miss Pavlades said her disorder was painfully apparent on her light, tawny Greek skin. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go out with my friends. I never went to the beach. I became a recluse. I contemplated suicide. When I did go out in the summer, I had long sleeves on and pants and socks. When she wasn't covered from head to toe, people would stare at me and whisper, to one another. They wouldn't put money in my hands because they were afraid to touch me. Today she's 73. She lives in Clearwater, Florida. She's a different person. She still has vitiligo, but she no longer wears the sleeves and pants and walks around in sandals. She does wear sunscreen. Mm -hmm. Should her normal skin get tanned, it would make the depigmented areas more obvious and the sun would easily burn these white patches. So her life was turned around at age 55 by a girl with vitiligo, who told her, God made you and God doesn't make mistakes. Now as founder and head of the American Vitiligo Research Foundation, Miss Pivlades is a role model for the young people. I first wrote about uh, 18 years ago about vitiligo. It's still incurable, but significant progress has been made in treating it and recognizing and reducing the tremendous emotional toll it can take. So now we have a better understanding of the immunological pathways involved, said Dr. Seth Orlo, who's chairman of dermatology at NYU. 
Although most of the latest treatment studies have involved only a small number of patients, there have been a few promising results. So they're using these new drugs mm-hmm. that have revolutionized almost so many diseases in medicine, these drugs that end in AB or MAB, these monoclonal antibody-type drugs. And most promising have been two drugs, I don't know how to pronounce them, mm-hmm. tofacinatidib and roxolitinib, used in combination with one of the oldest vitiligo treatments, targeted exposure to a narrow band of ultraviolet B light, the rays that cause tanning and sunburn. The drugs called JAK inhibitors block the body's misdirected immunological attack on melanocytes, and the UV light stimulates residual pigment cells to restore color to the bleach patches of mm. skin. Wow. Mm. The approach is especially effective if people are treated before all the melanocytes in the skin are destroyed. If 10% of the cells remain, they can be induced to creep in and repopulate. Another therapy uses prostaglandin E2, which was a glaucoma treatment, and this has had some significant success. And in a study that used the topical glaucoma treatment, latanoprost in combination with narrowband UV light, greater repigmentation occurred than with either substance alone. So a lot of times when people have vitiligo because it's an autoimmune disease, Mm -hmm. they'll have a lot of other diseases that are associated with um, autoimmune disorders like thyroid disease, rheumatoid arthritis, Mm -hmm. diabetes, and alopecia. Lastly, vitiligo can show up in early childhood or as a late life in one's 80s even. It involves no microorganisms. It's not contagious, although some people are treated as though they have leprosy. The mm-hmm. disorder typically starts as a small irregular patch and spreads. So if medication is not effective, another option involves taking healthy skin cells from the buttocks and grafting them to the depigmented areas. And that won't work a lot for black people because we have keloid skin. I know. That's not a real. And, and I mentioned Michael Jackson. And if vitiligo is especially severe and too extensive to treat directly, there remains a government-approved option of depigmentation therapy using monobenzone to bleach the unaffected skin, That's what he did. an approach that Michael Jackson used. Mm-hmm. But treatment of the vitiligo alone may be insufficient to limit the psychological toll it can exact. Dr. Brett King, who's a social professor at Yale in dermatology, who conducted a successful study of tofacitinib and UV light, said that vitiligo affects the way the world interacts with you. It can be frustrating and embarrassing, and for some, it leads to clinical depression and anxiety. In two cases, people with the condition committed suicide that he knows of Mm. at the American Vitiligo Research Foundation. So a lot to be done, but some great strides that have been made. I know, and I just, and I usually don't see, but just this past, within the past two weeks, I've seen at least three folks that had that. They Mm -hmm. were dark-skinned, you know, Mm -hmm. they were black folks Mm -hmm. with that, Mm -hmm. and they were young. Mm -hmm. So I was like, ooh, yeah. I wonder what, what's going to happen I with them because you yeah. know, yeah. you know, they're getting teased. Yeah. I know a physician who was, who was a brown skin uh, East Indian physician and he became completely white, completely white. I mean, you would never even have even thought that he was a dark skinned person. Very That's, interesting. And he was completely white. You never would have imagined that this was a brown skinned man. So That's just how extensive the disease can be. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to our next one, and let's let this be our last one, yes. Dee. You want to talk about this 10 findings that contradict medical <laughs> wisdom doctors take I note. I love this article. I love this one, too. I love this article. So these this is are, good. you know, this is fact and fallacy. So you might assume <laughs> that standard medical advice was supported by mounds of scientific research. But researchers <laughs> recently discovered that nearly 400 practices were contradicted by studies published in leading journals. Of more than 3,000 studies published from 2003 to 2017 in JAMA, 
the Journal of the American Medical Association, The Lancet, and from 2011 through 2017 in the New England Journal of Medicine, more than one of, of ten amounted to a medical reversal, a conclusion opposite of what had been conventional wisdom that we just all <laughs> took for granted. You know, you come away with a sense of humility, said Dr. Vinay Prasad of Oregon Health and Science University. I mean, this is just stuff you just thought I know. you knew. So here are the ten. Peanut allergies occur whether or not a child is exposed to peanuts before age three. Pediatricians have counseled parents to keep babies away from peanuts for the first three years of life. As it turns out, children exposed to peanuts before they were one have no greater risk of peanut allergies. Click up on that one. Click them. Fish oil does not reduce the risk of heart disease. At one point, the notion that fish fats prevented heart trouble Seem logical. Mm-hmm. People whose diets contain a lot of fatty fish seem to have a lower incidence of heart disease. Fatty fish contains omega-3 fatty acids, omega-3 supplements, lower levels of triglycerides, and high levels of triglycerides are linked to an increased risk of heart disease. Not to mention that omega-3 fatty acids seem to reduce inflammation, a key figure of heart attacks. But in a trial of 12,000 people at risk for heart trouble, Daily omega-3 supplements did not protect uh, against heart disease. But I can see what's wrong. They did supplement. Right. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. That's so a problem. they did supplements. Yeah. And it was 12,500 people. That's a small sample size. At risk. It's a relatively small sample size. But then it was supplements. Mm-hmm. That's the big issue. Right. Because supplements is not the same. Exactly. As the actual food itself. Exactly. So we have exactly. to we so have to go mm, put an asterisk on that one. Put an asterisk. A life-like doll carried around by a teenage girl will not deter pregnancies. These dolls wail and need to be changed and cuddle. Mm. The idea I've seen this. Have you seen the it? idea that girls would learn how much work was involved in caring for an infant, but a randomized study found that girls who were told to carry around infant simulators actually were slightly more likely to become pregnant. Oh than my girls God! Who did not get the dolls? Jingo Biloba. Okay, this is a that good was one real too. big back in the day. That's a good few one. years ago. Does mm-hmm. not protect against memory loss and dementia. The supplement made from the leaves of the ginkgo trees. You heard about this. Mm-hmm. Was widely used in ancient mm-hmm. Chinese medicine and still is promoted as a way to preserve memory. A large federal study published in 2008 definitely showed the supplement there is useless go. for this supplement. Purpose. And a supplement again. Mm-hmm. Asterix. Yes. Young Jinko still pulls in 249 million in sales. Did people just people just not, not get, get the message? Because yeah, people were buying the supplement. Right. Um, but it's better to get the extract and the right. Just That's like what I thought. Right. Just like mm-hmm. with green tea. You know right. how they have the different mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just just do the green tea. Exactly. But at the same time, they have a lot of. Stuff doing these supplements. Yeah. And, and a lot of times you don't even know what's... A lot mm. of times they have fillers in them. Right. So, so are you getting the real deal? Are you getting the pure extract? Because they're not FDA yeah. approved. Exactly. Put an asterisk by that. So one. that's an asterisk, asterisk by that. By that one. To okay. treat emergency room patients in acute pain, a single dose of oral opioids is no better than drugs like aspirin and ibuprofen. Mm. Yes, opioids are powerful, but a clinical trial showed much safer alternatives relieve pain just as well among emergency room patients. <laughs> testosterone treatment does not help older men retain their memory. Okay, this is Some interesting. men have low levels of testosterone and memory problems, and early studies had hinted that middle-aged men with higher testosterone levels seem to have better preserved tissue in some parts of their brains. Older men with higher testosterone levels seem to do better on tests of mental functioning, but a rigorous clinical trial showed that testosterone was no better than a sugar pill. 
in helping old men avoid memory loss? Crickets. (laughs) (laughs) Crickets. All right, let's move on. I don't know. That low T can cut it. (laughs) It can be kind of vicious for you. (laughs) You might be doomed. Might be. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Okay. All All right. To protect against asthma attacks, it won't help to keep your house free of dust mites and mice and cockroaches. The advice from leading medical groups has been to rid your home of these pests. The theory was that allergic reactions to them can trigger asthma, but intensive pest management in homes with children sensitized to mouse allergens did nothing to reduce the frequency of asthma attacks, researchers reported. I don't know, but I need to dig in that. There's something about that. Yeah. We allergy folk. Yeah. So you would know. So when we found out that Natalie, because she was highly Uh allergic, Uh that she would have to do the single air almost every day. Mm -hmm. When we got rid of most of the the stuff that were triggers for her, Uh like even with the dog, even now Uh we go visit mom, Mm -hmm. we sneezing because of the dog. Oh, yeah. And then the cat, she wants a cat. Oh, I can't get a cat. Yeah, because we sneeze. Yeah. As soon as I'm in the airplane, I sneeze if, if, the, if, if it's something. somebody's around with cats. Yeah, I can always tell. Yeah. Um, perfume, yeah. that's yeah. funny. Yep. So yep. it just, I think it depends really on the person. Yeah, there's something about that, yeah. Yeah, okay. it depends Asterisk on the person. On yeah. Step counters and calorie trackers, like we've talked about this, yeah. do not help you lose weight. And that's, that's, pro- that's pretty much true. Dieters may be better off without digital assistance. Right. Only 470 dieters followed for four years. Those who wore tracking devices tracking the steps that they took and calories they burn lost less weight less weight we've talked about that we talked about that because with the trackers and jake and those guys my colleagues yeah really talked about it which is true over time because it's it's just like when when you track your food i mean you know you're just tracking your stuff you're tracking your stuff it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna do but it helps but it's usually those people that are in either the mindset mm-hmm. to, to do change mm-hmm. or they're already active people. Right, exactly. So <laughs> it's hard. It can be done, mm-hmm. but it's harder for someone that just hasn't been developed that habit yeah. where they're going to change right. with them having act- one of those. Yeah, so, things. and that has been talked about plenty mm-hmm. of times. So that's another one that's individual mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. How about this one? Well, this is near and dear to me because I had this. Okay. So an estimated 460,000 patients in the United States get surgery each year to fix knee cartilage tears because of osteoarthritis. The tear is painful and many patients fear that if it's not surgically treated, the pain will linger. But when patients with torn meniscus and moderate arthritis are randomized to six months of physical therapy or surgery, both groups improved and to the same extent. Now, I have to tell you that I didn't improve with physical therapy. I ended up having to have surgery and ended, ended up subsequently going on to be able to run again. I could not have run again without surgery. But then again, my torn meniscus was a little different. It was a little bit more severe, where mine went into the joint. So I imagine if you have a small tear or whatever. Then it's a little bit different. It's a lot different. So mine was different. Now, here's one that we really thought was dogma. Okay, Even was when I was having children, if a pregnant woman's water breaks pre- prematurely the baby does not have to be delivered immediately we grew up and were trained that when the water broke the baby had to come out because you would get chorioamnionitis where bacteria from the vaginal area would creep up 
vaginal area, meaning the urethra, urinary tract, or whatever, would creep up and the baby would get infected. This is serious paradigm shift. Sometimes a few weeks before a woman's due date, the membrane surrounding her fetus ruptures and amniotic fluid spills out. Obstetricians worried mm -hmm. that bacteria could invade what had been a sterile environment around the fetus causing infection. Better to deliver the baby immediately, doctors thought. But a clinical trial found that if obstetricians carefully monitor the fetus, while waiting for labor to begin naturally, the fetus is at no greater risk for infection, and newborns left to gestate were healthier, meaning keeping them in the bun in the oven, keeping the bun in the oven longer, was better, letting them, you know, more mm -hmm. weeks ensue, with less respiratory distress and a lower risk of death than those who were delivered immediately after a break. I mean, this is major because yeah, is. as soon as a woman's water broke, That's you know, you were hustling you into ride. the hospital because you didn't want to get infections and stuff and so no matter how many weeks the mom was that baby had to be delivered i mean i i understand because the longer a baby stays in the mother's environment the more days and the more weeks you get the better off the baby is but this is different okay so yeah with all of this we can say that it's back to what we always say as researchers it's really individual it is it is up to the individual person. I mean, you can't cast a wide net with all of these. Like with me and the meniscus thing, it's just up to the individual person what the person has. And then it's with the, with yeah. the, with the yeah. allergies. Yeah, and with, with the this premature thing with the baby, it, you mm -hmm. ask your physician. Mm -hmm. Don't run into your doctor and say, well, you don't have to deliver my baby, but let the doctor make the decision. Right. But we're just bringing up some things because they that have, have to, been looked at. Right, because they have to go by a lot Their of other parameters. things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. How high risk you are in the first place. So yeah. Yes. And as far as supplements, because I was asked that question about supplements. Mm -hmm. And I said, my answer to the question was, yes, dietary supplements. They were asking me, did I believe in dietary supplements? Uh -huh. And I said, dietary supplements can be good, but it depends. Number one, supplements have the nutrients that you need. They have the vitamin C. Uh -huh. They have the things that you need, the antioxidants mm -hmm. and all. All of that, which you can get from the real food mm -hmm. itself, mm -hmm. the whole food itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, you really don't need the enzymes and all that. Right. You really don't need a supplement. Right. Now, as you get older, we always say, and it has nothing to do that we're older. It's just that people have a tendency as they get older, and even for th those young folks, too, that aren't eating right, mm -hmm. that you need one multivitamin. Mm -hmm a day because you have to supplement things that you're not getting mm -hmm. from your food. Right. But it's proven over and over again that if you get the, the real food itself and it's balanced, you pretty much have some type of protection from chronic diseases. Right. It's lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's tried and true. Yep. More research is, is supporting that. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's still individualized. Right. And check with your doctor. And check with your physician. Check with your physician. Well, that ends our show, D. So two things I want to just mention. Number one, kudos to Australia for making great strides yes. on helping to eliminate HIV in their country. Actually, Australia is a continent, isn't it? It's a continent. <laughs> yes, continent. continent. And secondly, mm -hmm. I like the idea of relaxation techniques. Mm -hmm. I think that can help everybody. Yoga. Yes. Whatever relaxation technique that you want to mm -hmm. do, it should be incorporated into your lifestyle yes. every day. Deep breathing. Deep breathing, exactly. Mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't Meditation. do enough of that in this country. I know. We're, we're yeah, just we're rush, 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 yeah. rush. We're just hyped up all the time. I know. So, so yeah, I calm that down. Was good. Chill. No worries. No, no worries. Chillax. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> all right. Yes. All right. And as always, for more information, go to our website, www.vikidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com. <laughs>